From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome into the Pucks Out Podcast. This is episode number two. I am your host, Bobby Butler, and with me, as always, Mr. Brandon Bond. hi We are sitting in the Standing Stone Farms studio right outside Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. How are you doing today, good sir? Man, doing good. I was doing a, doing a little better until you, you know we heard about some, some recent news that, that yeah. just came out. So, I think so you're hearing that. this... A couple days after we were recording, but we found it was confirmed about an hour ago that Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter crash, and uh, that's just yeah, man, that's tragic. Well, and his and his thirteen year old daughter was with him too, so that's I mean that's terrible. Kobe was such a such an ambassador for not only not only basketball but all sports. You know, I mean, it's what you say when you're shooting up a shot at a beer pong game or, you know, or throwing something in the trash can, you just naturally yelled Kobe. Uh, so it's it's super sad to hear. Uh, really not a lot of news out yet about it. I'm sure that we'll get more updates and, and learn a little bit more about it. But super sad, man. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he was a generational player, you yeah. know, multiple generations. He uh, meant a lot to a lot of people. And, you know, I'm on the way here. There was reports of, you know, star players not knowing if they can play tonight. So I mean, I my hope is that they cancel tonight's games. You know, uh, I don't I don't know I don't know if I I mean I think they need to get out there and and play and honor him and you know I don't know I don't know about canceling canceling games but uh, I mean, mean what if there's people in in town that came to watch the the Lakers play? Well, they don't the Lakers don't play until two days against the Clippers. Okay, okay, so you're talking, but so I mean, you know, yeah. I don't think you I don't think you change up everything and. You think they're going to retire his number from the league? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I would think maybe. I mean, maybe that's that's something that I don't. I mean, I, how many players have their have their their number retired? Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> the great one. Um, or, so well, hold on. According to many people in St. Louis, only one of the great ones. Only one. <laughs> Which makes me what Pittsburgh or Boston fan wrote that script? <laughs> But you know what? I that's what that was my thinking until he said that St. Louis is one of the best cities. And I think when he said that, Bobby Orr is now my is now the greatest of you all time. You're, you're just disregarding all, all Wayne Gretzky opinions now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, St. Louis, you're still gonna get it. If you're when you're not in first place, maybe we won't talk about you anymore. Uh, we will. <laughs> we're going to. We're going to. We're but going to. Anyway, so uh, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, we got to move on. But this is episode number two. Every week we're gonna learn some stuff. Last week we had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But we weren't exactly on brand. Everyone yeah. that knows us knows that we talk sports and we drink a lot of beer. That is true. So yeah. it would more, be more beer. It would be disingenuous <laughs> to you as the fan if we weren't doing what we're known for. What we love. So we're changing things up a little bit. We're going to enjoy a couple cold ones here on set. And what a better way to start a hockey podcast than with some uh, Labatt Blue. Yeah, we're going to normally do cans, but we felt like the inaugural first beer had to be Labatt. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna go ahead and crack these open for you guys. Well, can't even get, can't even get mine off, Bobby. You'd think I'd already got into it a little bit. <laughs> All right, man. So that what is I, cold and that is good. It is. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, 
what are we getting into? We got we got a bunch of news. We definitely had to had to push a few things because yeah. we wanted to talk a little bit about the about Kobe Bryant and you know even being a hockey podcast, but not exclusively one. You loved him, you hated him. He he made the game better. Yeah. He I remember watching him his his last game ever when he dropped sixty. I mean <laughs> you know this this man's about to retire and he's throwing up sixty points in his, in his last ever game. So, yeah. but um, I think we got some trade rumors. Uh, yeah. So I'm what I'm hearing is maybe Chris Kreider from the New York Rangers going to the Bruins. Um, Chris Kreider's a guy you've been hearing about being on the trade block every year for yeah. what three four years now. So I think that that would be a great addition for the Bruins put him on the left side over uh, over on on Pasta's line or I mean just some for some depth scoring so I don't know where they would they would slot him in but that would be a good get I mean he's got 32 points this year so far I think that you know we talk a little bit about fantasy hockey Chris Kreider might be a trade target if he goes to the Bruins sometimes a, a trade will will devalue a guy a little bit but even if he gets less minutes, I think that his point scoring opportunity is going to be greater yeah. in, in Boston. Yeah, a little bit later we'll be uh, giving our opinion on midseason awards, who we think is going to take it, and you know I think the Bruins, who uh, a lot of people are thinking might win the cup, that's going to be a big push for them. Uh, oh, yeah. That's some great talent to bring in. But speaking of the Bruins, recently the they, the players voted for uh, their accolades. Th- this was the surprise of the weekend for yeah. me, Bobby. Uh, Mr. Honestly. Brad Marchand voted dirtiest player. I, I can't believe that. It could it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> what uh do you like the guy? What's your what's your thoughts on him? Man, you know I don't like him, Bobby. I know you're just trying to engage I know you're trying to engage me for the podcast. It's for the content. It's for bro. the content. But you know how I feel. Any man, any grown man that licks another man's face has instantly lost my respect. So you know I don't like Brad Marchand. Like he's the way he plays. I, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of his, his style. So so to see him win dirtiest player is is on brand at least. I mean at least he knows yeah. who he is. You know you got to give it to the guy. He knows who he is. He knows that he's not trying to like his. change people's opinions on him. No, he is what he is. No, he is what he is. But I'll tell you to see him to see him whiff on that that penalty <laughs> shot. It was nice. He's one of the players that you know I like him. I like his play style. I don't necessarily like the way he does things, but at the same time, hockey is about entertainment. It's about putting sure. butts in seats. It's about getting viewers. Absolutely. And what else better than having a great heel? You know, having somebody who, you know, it's it's easy to get people to like a player. It's, yeah. It's hard to get a lot of fans to hate one player. Sure. Well, and, and, you know, and it's one thing, you know, you got guys like Patrick Kane who people hate and he doesn't want to be hated. You yeah. know, he tries to be out there and, he, you know, and he's a nice enough yeah. guy. Brad Marchand, know. he knows what he is. Yeah. He leans into it and you know what? He puts butts in seats. People, I mean, well, and he gets people off his game, off their game. Yeah. And you that's know, the that's, biggest thing. I mean, that's so absolutely. I can see, you know, being a Bruins fan and, you know, you may not have to like him personally, but but you can't deny what what the man does for yeah. your team, and you he's know? talented. He's not just Very out there getting on his skin. I mean, being able to do what he does and then still put up goals. Yeah. I mean, that's going to piss a lot of people off. Yeah, ex- absolutely. I mean, you know, we're not even sitting here. T- I bet you he doesn't get voted dirtiest player if he was just some no. scrub in the league. You know, I mean, so there's a certain thing to say about a guy that's actually good at hockey that will lick your face. You know, <laughs> given the opportunity, you know, you get too close, he's gonna he's gonna take a big swipe at you. But yeah, so I mean, that's very on brand for. For Mr. Marchand, I think that Kachuk is going to be coming for him someday, though. <laughs> Matthew, not Brady. Yeah. yeah, so let's get into a little bit outside the news. I think we wanted to discuss the surging Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, uh, they, uh, I mean, and 
it's not just like years before. They are their injuries. They've taken a lot of injuries this year. Mm-hmm. I think I've got it here. The notable injuries this year, they've got Brian Damulin. Uh, he was out 23 games. Nick Bustad, 31 games. Malkin, he missed 11 games this season. Jake Gunsel out four to five months. Yeah, that and was then, a you big know, loss for him. And then, you know, Sid the Kid, you know, had surgery. He missed 28 games. Horn, Hornquist missed some games. <laughs> I'll tell you what's funny to not see, not see Chris Letang on that list, though. He generally catches himself about... 30 or 40 games in the middle of the season. So uh, it's nice to see him stay, hopefully stay healthy and be able to carry that defense on the back end. But Tristan Jari, man. Yeah, he's wow. Wow. Uh, we're, and, you know, and this is not just some guy that, that we haven't known. I mean, Jari's been there for for a few years. So to see him kind of surge and made the all-star game, is that Yeah, is he's that right? got a, yeah, yeah, he did pretty so. well. I, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to sit down. I watched the skills competition. Right. I've got it recorded Same. at home. I'm going to sit down and watch it. He's got, you know, this season he's got 23 games started, 16 wins, 11 losses. He's got a goal against of 2.16, uh, 9.29 save percentage, three shutouts. He's he, he's a solid young guy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, and it's, you know, you wonder if, if Matt Murray's time might be coming to a close there in, in Pittsburgh because Jari has stepped up so much. But it's also real nice to have, you know, a, a Stanley Cup winning goalie and then a goalie playing like a Stanley Cup winning goalie on your side. Yeah. You know, some and to score uh, some goalie depth for sure. And something we don't see a lot, you know, at least when they were making that, the, cup runs is the defensive mastery going on there right now yeah they uh they're ranking sixth in shots against second in slot shots against first in cycle changes against and first in rush chances against so that just shows you show they're not just relying on the scoring of their forwards right. of their, of their which they for a lo- the longest time that was where they were getting their malkin and, yeah and crosby just making sure they're they're scoring points and and staying ahead yeah i mean that's not something we've seen from their cup-winning team, so it'll see, it'll be interesting. I mean, hard to keep Malkin and Crosby from lifting that lifting that cup, isn't yeah. it? You know, that's a, that's something I'm worried about as as the Bruins or the Lightning coming out of the East. So moving on to the All Star break, I thoroughly enjoy the skills comp, and I know yeah, a lot of people. Really fun. You know, I'm on Twitter a lot, and people hate it. People are like, oh, this is stupid. I mean, what do you expect? It's an All Star weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, skills competitions are fun. fun. Yeah, ex- and absolutely. Let's get one thing straight: the All Star game. It's it's not true hockey. It's not sure. it, it's not for the analytics. It's not for the no. reporters. It it's a weekend for the players to have fun and most of all to the, put eyes on the NHL and get kids involved. Well, and the fans to have fun. Like you go out there and yeah. you watch some three on three hockey. I mean the 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 game the score goal scoring of those three games that they played. I mean they're so ridiculous yeah. because these guys when they're just going around and shooting and trying to do crazy stuff. I mean, these guys are, we get to see about half of what they do on the ice because of the situation they're in. Again, they're playing team hockey and there's, there's five other guys out there trying to take your head off. So when you get out there to the all-star game and it's, and it's just fun and you don't have to worry about Kachuk coming in and, and trying to slash your legs off and, and, and give you a fringe clean hit to bring back last week. Uh, it, it, it makes it a it makes it a an enjoyable experience. Again, it's not to have great regular season hockey play. You know, I mean, it is like you said to showcase some talents of, of these guys and give them their St. Louis vacation mid year. You know, <laughs> yeah, and you know it was great to see Connor McDavid knocked off from. Fast yeah, skater, Matty Barzell. Yeah, he killed it, man. And what a class act, too. Did you hear his interview after he won? No. When, when he uh, when he said, "Oh, you know," the guy told him. I think it was Pierre Maguire. He said, "Well, you beat you know you 
you're now the fastest skater in the league, Matt Barzell. And he said, well, you know, to be fair, I had a game two days ago. Connor's been off for, for a little while, so I'm kind of more in, in running shape. And, and so, but hey, hats off to him. It was nice. I was I was happy to see yeah, it. I kind of wish they would move that event towards the end. Let yeah. them, that way they're, they got some blood flowing from the other events. Sure. They didn't get a lot of time to warm up for any event from, from yeah. what I've heard. I, I wish they would have, I wish they would have given them a little more time to, to get ready and, and warm up. So, but we talked it last week uh, about being our, what we were most excited about. How about that women's three on three? That was that, so exciting. That was awesome. Canada took down the U S but it was fun to watch Hillary Knight getting a goal and, and the Canadian goalie uh, just went off. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Renee Debian, I believe yeah. her name was, can we get her to Nashville, bud? Yeah. I, think I, mean, we, I think we found Pekka's replacement. John John Hines can can solve a little bit of his goalie woes, but <laughs> but everybody out there, I mean, they were flying around. Those breakaways, they were, they were laying hits, laying laying big hits. Those breakaways were great. The goalies played great. I I loved it, man. Yeah. I wish it wasn't running clock, to be honest. No, I yeah, honestly, they, I think they, they should give change. them. I think it should be next year. Should be the mar- the marquee event. What I think next year is in between. The divisional showdowns for the men's before mm-hmm. it goes down to the final, oh, have yeah. them play because I get it. You want to sandwich it in between something to get eyes on, and yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, it's good. But give them some more time. That way, you know, they can do more time with the skills comp. And that way, on Saturday night, you know, you've got all the eyes there. And also, they got to figure out the issue. Like, they can't be sharing a locker room. That, right. I mean, give them more time. No running clock. When those goalie, the, those goalies didn't get a lot of time to warm up. I mean, Debian was saying, yeah. oh, I mean, you know, my groins and my legs are really hurting." They need to like, zamboni the ice yeah. between the, the periods. I mean, it, it was uh, it was awesome. I, I I don't know what the general consensus on it is, but I think that I mean, if people liked it, enjoyed it as much as we did, Bobby, then. I mean, that's something you got to. From what I've you seen, do more. from what I've seen on Twitter, people did enjoy it. even people who weren't super excited for it ended up really liking yeah, it. Yeah, cuz it was it was great. And you had you had mentioned to me that you wished they were wearing their national jerseys. Yeah, and then you brought up a really good point. Yeah. You know, yeah, them get wearing the NHL crest is great. It shows that the NHL's getting behind them, which needs yeah, to have more. They're all stars, yeah. you know. Uh, that that was exactly my point. So I, I, I just wanted to highlight to you. I mean, obviously, it's awesome to see them in their national jerseys, but this is the All Star Weekend, man. These girls deserved an All Star jersey, and they get to. And I think my opinion would have been different if the uh, All Star sweaters just weren't so bad. Yeah, this year. true, true. <laughs> to be fair, they should give them some jerseys from like a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Go I, back I think last year's were solid. The 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 Canada white. I actually really like that with the NHL. Yeah. On so it. the all the All Star sweaters this year, the white ones didn't look as bad as the black ones at all. And yeah, I could see why people did like it, and I wasn't against the white one as bad as much as I was the black one. Super cool for all those ladies though, and that they now get to take That's this super home dope. and put it into their. Is that what they call them a woman cave? I guess maybe I don't know. I mean, she said. <laughs> A she shed, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever, <laughs> wherever they highlight and, and display all of their their gold medals and trophies and things that we'll never have, Bobby. <laughs> so I thought it was super cool that they got their own all star jerseys because they were all stars. That was the well, most. Well, in my defense, of- I do own the fraternity record for keg stands, so That's... I kind of know what it feels Did like you... to be an Olympic gold medalist. That, I mean, I would I, mean... I, I would put it on par. Yeah, you're I close. Mean... <laughs> you're close. <laughs> but it was only but it was only for one chapter though. So True. you don't you know we're gonna get you I mean, to national over two minute keg stand. I think competes with most chapters. Most chapters, but th- we got but we don't know what. 
what was your favorite external from the women's game? What was your favorite skills event? What did you enjoy? You know, every year I really like the I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. It's when like the actual it's the actual like puck skills, like the they're deacon and they're getting it through the the obstacles. But Did they, they didn't have they, they didn't, didn't have that this year. No, they didn't. I was a little sad about but that. But they um, I really liked the, I believe the shooting star one. That was it, awesome. It's got so much potential. It was I'm so cool. not sure why they made the biggest easiest target the most points. It's that, and it the hardest make, one only four. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Pasta <laughs> even hit the the back net and he kind of had that face like I'm sorry I only got four, four points. points for that. Yeah, <laughs> I was the only one to do it. Yeah, that was that was a little weird that you know they finally got the got to use that arch though. Yeah, they they must have they must have listened to the pod last week and said we got to include the arch somehow wasn't great seeing patrick kane win no not a fan no, of but that I mean, but it was him or kachuk so i mean <laughs> <laughs> and was, they even let they even let ryan o'reilly in when he wasn't even supposed to be there what was that it was super crazy like they let they let one of the the blues guys come up there and shoot one and then that was his shot but then they're like nah you're good bro come on in come on in yeah um, i don't know if they know how celebrity sh- i mean it's pretty like it's beer pong rules if you let a celebrity pong. shot is your shot that was your shot <laughs> you know if he misses you don't get to say oh that's i get my shot again but we talked about it i think that was something that i wish they would have just let everybody do i could have watched yeah. that for, i could have watched that for another hour man that yeah because awesome. i definitely think that like yeah, roman yossi could have been solid at that i'm really sad i didn't i didn't read that article you sent me earlier so i knew about it a little earlier so but it was yeah that was that was a really cool event uh it was really cool to see shea weber come back and win the hardest shot competition too 106 miles an hour you know imagine getting getting popped on the leg with that bad boy so does that mean it's official the preds lost that trade yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I mean, Subban's floating off in New Jersey. They're they're ruining him there. So but I mean, in funny. our defense, Seth Jones only shot a zero, so we definitely won that trade deal. That, that first shot that didn't register, I said, man, zero. That's not good, Seth. How did you? How did that even happen? So yeah, so it was good to see the hardest shot that Shea Weber won, and what a weird accuracy. I mean, that was super cool how they did the accuracy challenge. How did Jacob Slavin win that? <laughs> the defender for the Carolina. I mean, even he was surprised. He yeah. Said, I, he was like, Me? What I want to know is they're trying to get all this technology involved. They made it so much more difficult on themselves. Oh, yeah. How hard is it just get phone targets? Phone targets explode. <laughs> they're not going to get, you know what phone targets aren't going to do? They're not going to malfunction halfway through. But old Hurdle, he was like at about five seconds and almost won it. And then oh, mi- and I then was missed. watching that. Yeah, he ch- talked about the choke of the <laughs> and century. Then, and then missed about about 12 in a row. You, you just see him. You and he, see he him hit it play. right as he like lost his space. Yeah, he was just done. At that point, he was done. And then he hits it. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could tell. I mean, but he deserved that for putting on that Jordan. Yeah, uh, not uh, having about Justin that. Justin Bieber mask. Yeah, man. Freaking letting. Letting Bennington win the first the, off, the, the save was streak. it Bennington whose first three shots against missed, or was that? Yeah, yeah, that's what I shot right don't like it. that yeah, at all. It and wasn't really a save. I think that if the if the guy straight up misses it and does it, it's not a shot on net. It should not either not count and you get another shot against, but it shouldn't just count as a save right away. That's insane. Well, you know what I didn't like? I didn't like with that they. Once he won officially, they didn't let him keep going. Like I wanted to see. They've done how that before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure last year they let Lundqvist. Was, was yeah, yeah Lundqvist. They he kept he's going. Like Twenty two or something. Yeah, man. Like, but obviously they were crunched because they had they they tried to they, they had to squeeze the women's game in. They because yeah. it used to be that like you well with the other comps there would be multiple rounds. Yeah. Well, and they and they usually did it on like Saturday during the day. Right, yeah. that's what they. I, I think this is the first time in a while that I've seen them do it on like a Friday. I think it was night. always the day before. Yeah, but I think they usually did the game on Sunday. Yeah, because because uh, I remember sitting around with the with the folks and watching that skills competition on a you know on a Saturday. We're hanging yeah. out, hanging out, having some beers, drinking. Time for beer number two. Beer number two. Um, so we've gone through all of the uh, 
all of the all-star comps, let's actually talk about the... Oh, we never even talked about who actually won the women's. Canada won two to one. I brought that up. Um, okay. Well, again, Bobby, you got to remember, I don't listen to anything you say. So you got to write it down for me. Um, so Metro Atlantic, that for the first game was was nine to five Atlantic. And yeah. destroyed you on that, Bob. Yeah. So, uh, you destroyed me this whole weekend. Yeah, man. That was, I uh, really did. Not great, Bob. Uh, not great, Bob. That's true. Uh, so Pacific was 10-5 uh, Pacific. So go me. That's two for two. And so I was I was out and about last night, and the Atlantic were up like four to one on the Pacific. And I said, I'm just I'm about to sweep, Bobby. I'm about to destroy this guy. And then I uh, I look back a little later, and it was five to four Pacific. So I was only two for three, but that's better than zero for three, which is what you were, man. <laughs> So that was that was fun um, to kind of kind of not be able to watch that. I'm gonna go back and try to watch them and try yeah. to see what's up. But again, we talked about. I got to see the event that I wanted to see this weekend yeah. with the with the U.S. and Canada. So all right. So normally at this time we would be going through our games of the week, and you I'd know be destroying you as <laughs> usual. And the, we'll explain the way that works next week when you know when we get to that. You know, with the All Star break, things a little bit hectic right now. But in lieu of that, we'll be uh, talking our mid season awards. And trophies. Now we didn't we didn't sit down and discuss these together. We have no consensus. Uh, yeah. Some of them we may have the same. Some of them we may have a little different. Uh, we wanted to do an early Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, prediction. I think that was right? a good time. Uh, so who do you have, man? What do you what do you what do you? So thinking? I've got the Boston Bruins winning okay. the cup. Not a bad. I not think, a bad choice. Uh, especially if they get Kreider, they're mm-hmm. going to have a lot of firepower. They've got Tuka Rask, which is always solid goaltending. Halak is has been playing. Pretty lights out too. Well, yeah. Uh, so you know, and Pasta is just lighting it up. Yeah, yeah, he is, man. I mean, he wasn't even trying to shoot for the goal in the uh, shooting star challenge, and still, I mean, he just naturally finds the back of the he net. Just always, it's just automatic. He's <laughs> yeah. he, he's the up and coming Ovi. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay, so you have the Bruins. I actually have Pittsburgh. Funny enough, we were talking about them them earlier, and that's not why we were talking about them. It's not why I picked them, but. I feel like they're they're too much with the defense that they've added with the with with the way Jari's been playing and can never discount Crosby and Malkin and you know super sad to see them lose Jake Gensel but I think that that's who who's going to take home the cup unfortunately as my uh, that super pains me to say it I don't I'm not a yeah. not a Pittsburgh guy yeah. you know my midseason Hart Memorial Trophy winner is uh, is Nathan McKinnon I mean guys tearing it up he had Rantanen and Landeskog out for a uh, small period of time uh, earlier in the season and he basically just went to all those guys and picked them up and put them on his back yeah. and he carried them uh, and they're yeah. sitting at second in the in the central right now. So yeah. it's, and it's when I think of a Hart Trophy, and that's who I, I've got Nathan McKinnon as well. Okay, I think of Taylor Hall from a couple of years ago. Yeah, where your team is in the playoff race, and it's because of you. Yes, it's not just you on a really. Like, that's why, like, I don't count Pasta. They've got so many good players on yeah. there now. To and, be, yeah, to be fair though, Pasta could win it because yeah. he is. I mean, he's he lights dominating. Out. But I hear what I agree with you, and it's, uh, that's why I have McKinnon as well. It's yeah. more of a. Who's more valuable to their team? It's McKinnon is more valuable to Colorado than and Pasta is. Talking about Pasta. Colorado, let's move on to the Calder. I've right. got Mr. Uh, Kale McCarr. Okay, and the the Calder for for those of you that don't know is for the rookie, the rookie of the year essentially. Yeah. So you have you said you have uh, Kale McCarr. I actually have another young defenseman, Quinn Hughes, up in Vancouver. Both of solid. Yeah, they've been they've both been having a really good year and and been great additions. Great additions to their team. I mean, Vancouver's looking real strong yeah. in the Pacific. Moving on to the Vesna Trophy. 
which is the best goalie of the year. Who do you have winning the Vesma? So this this was hard because all three of the guys I wanted to choose from, I didn't want to pick any of them. So that's why, I mean, I even had to ask myself, I was like, how is Robin Leonard doing this year? And I was like, not, no, not, that's not worthy. Not good Damn. enough. So I've got I've got Ben Bishop only because I will never let Jordan Bennington win in my mind. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I put aside my thoughts and feelings, and I do think that Jordan Bennington's going to win the Vesna. Unfortunately, however, I think that Miss Anne Renee Debian is going to give him a run for it, <laughs> yeah. run for his money. So hopefully she can get in there and win 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 the Vesna and take it out from under him. I think we're going to move on to the the Defensive Player of the Year trophy, the Norris Trophy, and I think that we both kind of landed on the same. Yeah, guy here and I this. I tried to put my uh, my Homer feeling to the side, but I just can't man i think yeah. mr roman yossi with the struggles that the preds are having in goaltending and just overall he has he's putting the team on his back right now and he deserves every bit of that c on his chest i agree with that as as well but i don't think that there's any way that you can tell me that john carlson in no. washington isn't isn't yeah. the front runner right now i he, think uh, he 100 is now absolutely what can happen is and make you correct is is how does John Hines handle the Preds and, and take them moving forward? Yeah. Because, like you said, I, I honestly believe that Yossi's probably playing better than John Carlson. But again, the support system around Carlson not, right now is sure, I mean, but you're not winning games. Yeah. You know, then the guy on the team that is winning a lot and, and, yeah. and doing a lot on defense, I feel like deserves that Norris a little yeah, more. Because so. let's be honest, I mean, John Carlson is. Lights out right now, but he's he's on a team with T.J. Oshie and Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, true. Which takes a lot of attention off him. True. You know, right now everyone's watching Yossi. Now, yeah, he's got Philip Forsberg. But it's but. Defensive Player of the Year, so, I mean, it doesn't matter if you got guys up there scoring goals for you if you're killing it. Yeah, but let's be honest. The NHL, they look a lot at how many, like, a defensive man who has a lot of goals. That's, yeah, I mean, unfortunately absolutely. that becomes the – I think that should be, like, the second or third most important thing. Yeah. And I think that – I don't have the stats of him right now, but I think Roman Yossi's actual defensive stats – or a little bit better Probably. than John his, Carlson. His time on ice is a lot higher than Carlson's, I believe. I yeah. think he's like skating like 23 minutes yeah. a game or something. So now, before we move on, usually with games of the week, we will tally points for each game you get right. So we're, that's what we'll do for this. Uh, we'll, we'll track down who we guessed, and at the end of the season, it'll be two points for getting right, I'll no win. points for getting. And yeah. one of these we'll double down on, okay. and that'll be worth double. Okay. That's and a, uh, we'll, fi- we'll figure out a punishment You know, at a later time. Maybe we'll do a hot ring roulette. Okay. Maybe a water bet. A water bet, something along those lines. If you guys have ideas of, of bets that we can do, we're happy to happy to take yeah. them. So let us know. So then comes the Art Ross Trophy, which is the points leader in the league. And I don't really think that there's any question in my mind. I think that one's going to be McDavid. Yeah. So I mean, if you want, you'd the, be stupid if, not to choose. If McDavid. you want the easy double down, I I'd do think though that. that the only reason this year I'm not as certain as other years is because. Leon Dreisaitl is going so hard. So, yeah, but generally they just get points together. So. Yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> so one scores a goal, so, but the other one gets the assist. Yeah, so. so as long as he stays healthy, I think he's gonna. I think he's got it. I mean, there could be some guys that, that challenge him, but again, it's McDavid, I think. Yeah. He'll find a way. It's always funny, even when their team wins like three or four games, it's like, how did this dude have 150 points? <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like, how did he even score that many? Did they even score that many goals in, in, in Edmonton? But Edmonton's having a decent year this year, yeah. and, and they've been they've been putting it on them. So I would say that that's probably one of the easier choices that we, we had. So let's move on to one of the harder ones to decide, I yeah. think, which is the Selkie. Yeah. Best two-way forward. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to go along with the, the same winner that, that won it last year, uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I mean... You can't you can't discount what the what that gross blue team is doing in St. Louis and O'Reilly is just one of the best in the leagues, man. I mean, if you need yeah, a fa- if you need is. a face you need a face-off win. I mean, I feel like that guy could win the face-off if they blindfolded him, you know. So <laughs> so that's who that's who I have. Who do you have winning the Selkie this year, man? I'm taking Patrice Bergeron. He's got he's I mean, he's got the titles under his belt for this. Oh yeah. I mean, used to this they used to joke around different different hockey analysis uh, analysts used to say that this is the patrice bergeron award so (laughs) until kopitar won it a couple years ago from from la uh, i think he had it locked so so ryan o'reilly coming in and kind of giving him a challenge is 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 new new in the world of two-way forwards but i mean yeah bergeron's a good choice man i I wouldn't i can't go wrong with that one so the the next award we're going to speak about is the jack adams award and that's the coach of the year so this is a little harder and it's going to obviously be a little more objective than some of these others yeah what who i have who i have is travis green from vancouver uh i mean you talk about a team that was bottom of the barrel last year and they are sitting close to or sitting atop the the pacific right now again there's the pacific so close they could have slid down to fifth place with one one loss but um but i like what he's doing up there in vancouver so i'm gonna go with travis green all right uh, so for me, my Jack Adams, I've got Mr. John Tortorella. You know, we talked last week about how Columbus isn't the worst. Yeah. And in fact, they're Definitely. pretty good. They're actually in a playoff spot. Yeah. Right? And so for, to do what he's doing with the players he has is awesome. And, you know, right now I think that I foresee in the next couple of years that Seth Jones is going to have that C mm-hmm. and he is going to be lifting a cup above his head within the next really? three or four years. Okay. I mean, that's, that's not a, that's not a bad call. I mean, he looked, he's, he's looked really good this year. The, the next award we're going to talk about is that the, is the rocket Richard. And that is the, goes to the one with the most goals in the year. So who do you think is going to score the most goals this year? Yeah. So for me, it's uh old reliable, the Russian machine, Alex Ovechkin. You basically just picked a Civic. Man. You know, you just you got. <laughs> I you mean, know it's gonna the be man. There. I mean, we talked about it last week. You know, him over there in Ovi Island. He's just by him. Like, I don't understand teams just leaving him by himself. Well, like, at what point? Like, it's been years. Well, they don't want to. I mean, it's not like Ovi just lets them come up in his space. Like, I don't want to get in Ovi's face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll just he'll beat the crap out of you. So, uh, so who I think that. Is going to take the Rocket Richard home this year is going to be David Pasternak. He's currently in the goal lead. He's not showing any signs of slowing down. So I don't think that there's any way that, I mean, there's obviously a way that one of the highest goal scorers of all time could come back and beat him. But I, I think Pasternak is playing so well right now that, that there's no way that Ovechkin's going to come back and, and catch him. So, well, I mean, in the last, I mean, in the last couple of games before the break, I think Ovi had, what, two Hatties yes. in, in four games or yes. something like that? Yeah, I mean, it ruined, I mean. <laughs> it ruined my, uh, it, it ruined my original test episode game pick. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't like bringing it back up. <laughs> I mean, at any minute he could go off and score like 15 goals in a seven day period. So it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprising. It's the one guy on the list that if if he comes back and he wins this Rocket Richard, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna kick myself in the in the head because why don't you pick yeah. Ovi? In fact, <laughs> I'm so confident I'm gonna double down on okay, Ovi's so, Rocket Richard. So you're doubling down on the the Rocket Richard, okay? But we have one more award to discuss, and this one is is a little strange 
the GM of the Year Award. Who do you have winning the GM of the Year? It's so subjective, so yeah. it's hard to... So I think that for GM, for GM of the Year, it's less about winning. It's more about turning the team around sure. and making those great decisions in the offseason and early in the season. And for me, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, is John Chaco of Arizona. Okay. Bringing in Taylor Hall, being in a playoff spot is... You know, above all else, really solid. That's what you're there for. Yeah, that, that's your job. Your job, you know, the GM's job is to bring players in, make change, coaching changes if they have to. Mm-hmm. It's not to make on-ice decisions. So my, my GM of the year that I have is also a difficult pr- pronunciation. Uh, Yarmo Kekalainen, the GM for the Blue Jackets. So you took the coach of the Blue Jackets. Yeah. I I think that... Even kind of going back into what he did last year, he's done such a good job of keeping this team afloat. Yeah. After after losing a lot of a lot of the guys that they lost. So now the I I have not doubled down on anything yet, but I think I think I'm gonna double down on Nathan McKinnon winning the Hart Trophy. That guy's so good. He really feels like they can win a cup this year. He's he's come out and said he's like you know you say you you say you're going to win the Stanley Cup every year, but sometimes in the back of your mind you don't really believe it. So he you're just shooting for that one extra point with that because we both picked him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if we tie up on it, if we win, if, you just you know, get the, if I miss. Uh oh, there goes my double. <laughs> do we want to do that so. if you lose a double down, you lose a point? Okay. That way, yeah. that re- it's really a three point swing. Yeah, absolutely. That that sounds like it'll it'll work. So I'll still I will stick with my pick. I'm not gonna not gonna shy away from it because I, I'm obviously gonna. Yeah, I think that you. I think that's a lock in. I'm I mean, gonna dominate you, so I'm not yeah. even worried about it. Let's move. Okay, so we've talked a whole lot of NHL today, and we, you know we're pretty hockey based so you know that's going to be what a lot of what we talk about. But we got lots of stuff going on. Oh, so outside, much outside the NHL right now. So. We had to cut a bunch of stuff that that I, I mean we really wanted to talk about, but you know just due to time. I mean, there's only so long that people can listen to us blab about yeah. stuff, right, Bobby? So the first thing outside the NHL we wanted to wanted to get into was there's another arrest warrant out for the notorious well, AB. Technically, it's no longer out because he turned himself in. He turned since himself since in. so since we wrote the doc. Uh, Antonio Brown has turned himself in. He is no longer and on the run from the I law. I just want to go on the record. I feel I feel really bad for Antonio Brown. To put it nicely, Vontez Perfect ruined that man's career. Yeah. He has ruined that man's yes, life. And a lot of people want to make fun of A.B., but... I'm still going to. Yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, this is a comedy <laughs> podcast. We're going we're gonna to make fun I'm of the... I'm going to make fun of him. But, but we need to go on record of saying that he, he the man is obviously suffering from CTE. Yeah. Vontaze perfect to ruin that man's career. He had the potential to be the greatest wide receiver of all time, I believe. I agree with that. He was dominant. And, and let's be honest, he had Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him. <laughs> so that speaks a lot to his talent. It's hard to not be the worst guy on the team with Ben Roethlisberger, but but he may he may he may have done some stuff. So basically, the arrest warrant was for he moved from from California to to Florida and he had a, a moving company do it obviously. So when he when he got there, the moving company got there, he owed them like 3 grand because I mean, moving stuff from California to Florida, that's a long trip. A lot, a lot of probably has a lot of stuff. And so he refused to pay them. So the guy leaves and says he's not giving them their stuff, but the company told him he had to go back. So he went the, the moving truck guy went back. And A.B. and his trainer get him out of the truck, 
work him over, steal the keys, take all the stuff, <laughs> just, just beat him up. Uh, so as bad as we feel, you know, uh, about the, the problems and the issues that he's had football wise, there ain't no excuse for beating up some guy just trying to do his job, man. Uh, so also, uh, speaking of AB's former teams, the Raiders are now officially the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's really yeah. cool. That's awesome. And, I mean, I've got family who lives in Las Vegas. I definitely want to go check out a game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Vegas, Vegas, what was it, three, four years ago, had zero pro teams. And now it's a pretty good, pretty yeah, big Yeah, and I can't believe it took them this long. That's so yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was a lot of the viewpoint on Las Vegas, the debauchery, the gambling, the is this a city? Will it work? And my always my thought and everyone knows was, that there is never any form of debauchery in pro sports. In Nothing pro sport. ever crazy happens in pro sports, and especially in Oakland. It's a very <laughs> it's a very safe town that you know it's just by the books and it's clean yeah. and it's nice. So, so yeah, but I, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. But you know. People don't always make sense in their in their thought processes. So I'm glad to see that the Raiders are in Vegas now. All right, so moving on. It is the biggest game in pro sports in North America coming up. We've got Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers down oh, in Miami. Yeah. Got some super money on some Super Bowl squares. We talked about not having really any dog in the fight. Yeah. So that's, you know, we're not Michael Vick. So no dog in this fight. <laughs> Well, but, hopefully PETA doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast because we might be on like a list or something. We, they might be waiting outside. I with guarantee like some red you, paint. we have been put on plenty of lists in our lives. There is, yes, yeah. Thank goodness we're not on a no fly list yet. Okay, so you just told me you don't know who's performing is the it halftime show. J-Lo? It's J Lo and Shakira. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm actually really excited for really? the halftime oh. show. Well, my cool was super sarcastic. Yeah, no, but that, I, mine's mine's serious. You know, I mean. Really, but the reason I'm so excited is I may be hoping for like a Janet Jackson situation. I'm with you on that. <laughs> see, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Normally, halftime we don't watch that that anyway. So I do. I don't. Um, I don't care about it. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I was watching the I was watching the Janet Jackson JT thing, but that's that's because of my massive love for Justin Timberlake. I by halftime I'm usually in a physical state. Either by alcohol or food or other substances, you I just do, can't move. I do not want to leave the couch. <laughs> so it's not because you. It's not because you like seek out to watch the halftime show. It's you physically have to. Yes, you know you can't even hit the remote at that. Now point. I will say I am a firm believer that we should only have one halftime show performer for the rest of life and if that means we have to do a Futurama head in the glass thing, it yeah. should be Bruce Springsteen until the end of days. No, the boss no. should be doing every super. T- I can't remember Justin Timberlake, bro. No, and listen, fight, Bruce Springsteen and Justin life. Timberlake. I have no okay. problem with that. Or, or even better, it'll just be Bruce Springsteen, and then we'll like bring new guests yeah. every year to just play. Yeah. And I don't care if it's a hundred years from now; it can be the two thousand one hundred twenty Super Bowl <laughs> brought to you by Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Amazon conglomerate, <laughs> performed by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> The, the teams are all just corporate sponsorships. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have the Microsoft. <laughs> you got the Nashville, Nashville City Banks. <laughs> Going against the Seattle Jeff Bezoses. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We got we got we shouldn't have brought up the uh, the halftime show because we have a lot more opinions than I thought we did on it. <laughs> Could have done a whole show on on the halftime show. So let's yeah. go into the item that we use to break for from pop col- pop culture. The joke of the week, and we started off real strong last week with the with the 110 to two beer number three and we're gonna move into something that a lot of people are talking about and because we don't have we don't have all of the the investigations not over you know there's still a lot to find out about it 
But we didn't wanted to discuss this because either side, it's a joke. Either if it's if it actually happened or if it didn't happen, what a joke. Yeah. So gritty has been <laughs> gritty. The Philadelphia Flyers mascot has been blamed and brought up in a lawsuit that he punched a 13 year old kid in the back. Very on brand. Very on brand. So I mean, you know, it's one of those things that if he actually did it, then I can see that happening. But if he didn't, and it's sounding, it is starting to increasingly sound like he absolutely did not do this. And this dad yeah. is is just out to get some money. And because there's been multiple occasions when he's told the Flyers that he's like, you guys, you guys should just make it up to me and stuff. Yeah. I guess he's trying to get. I mean, he canceled his season tickets for all this. And I think he's hoping so he can get on the glass. He seems like one of the guys that would beat on the glass. What a douche. What a joke. Now, right? if this is real, <laughs> no, it absolutely. sucks. Absolutely. That's but what we're talking from about. From the evidence that I've seen, I and I don't I haven't seen in a couple of days, I think this is either being blown out of proportion. In an age where everything in the world is filmed, a pro NHL mascot at a party punching a small a 13 year old child in the back is not on camera that just seems a little hard but for me to believe. the same thing in a in a i believe this was at the arena in a place that probably has every inch of that arena covered and why is there not because there, there is definitely a photo of him with of the kid with gritty right why is there not video coverage of the kid not getting hit yeah so well, that, that, that almost makes me think that the team is not releasing well, it. Well, they might not release it due to due to legal reasons. And yeah, Their and I lawyers get that. No, I am I am definitely on the side that I think this is not the whole thing's a joke. Yes, now, right. We but can, can I just uh, one thing that really surprised me is Philadelphia police acting as if Gritty is its own entity. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> like, the, the lawsuit isn't against the guy in the Gritty costume. <laughs> All the news outlets are making it seem like Gritty is an actual like being. When this man gets booked, is he going to be like, he has to stay as gritty that, the entire That sentence? trial will be the next OJ. <laughs> Everyone in the world will watch that trial. I will watch every second of that. I, I, I promise you. I'm, you know, Nancy Grace will be covering it. And she's going to, well, this gritty fella, he is definitely guilty. And let me tell you why. <laughs> So what a joke! I think that's yeah. A, yeah, that's a that's a really good one too. Just the whole situation is is ridiculous. Yeah. Time to move on. Last week we started uh, our part one of four about Star Wars, and today we move on to part number two. And we are going to first before we move into this week's rankings. Recently, the release trailer for the final season of the Clone Wars, which I don't know about uh, you, it is. The Clone Wars is one of my favorite yes. parts of Star Love Wars. It. Yeah, Love I it get so it. It's much, a, it, yeah. it was initially meant for kids, but you know what? It's I'm a, a kid. It's a <laughs> it's akin to the Gear Wars on Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, I I loved it. Um, I'm so excited. There was a lot of little tidbits that I saw. You just saw it before we uh, before it. we went live. Just watched it. And it was awesome. I mean, Ahsoka Tano. And that's and you know that's funny. That's a name that not a lot of Star Wars fans are gonna know. So to to be able to get to see a little bit a little bit more of her story, and I believe it's kind of transitioning into Revenge of the Sith type era. Yeah. So you get to see a little bit more of the, the finishing parts of it. So obviously we'll discuss that when it when it comes out. I think it's coming out next month. Um, so we are gonna do another top ten for you guys. Well, we did a top nine last week uh, of Star Wars movie rankings. This week we are gonna do from. From ten to one, our favorite Star Wars characters. So this is not not any particular. You could have picked really anybody and everybody. So let's start with your number ten. Who do you have? We so, haven't seen each other's list. Yeah, by the I way, I want to go on record and say that unlike the other one, number ten does not mean that they're bad. For number ten, and you just started watching Rebels, so you know this girl, Sabine Wren. 
I loved her character. She is multidimensional. She is she's a badass. <laughs> she a Mandalorian. Also. Yeah, Mando. So she's awesome. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into spoilers for those that haven't seen Rebels, mm-hmm. but she, you know, she is her own woman. She's not trying to be someone else. At this point in the timeline, it's all where she. It's about survival. She's good at what she does. Okay, so my number ten is actually Luke Skywalker. I love Luke, but uh, there's so many folks that I enjoyed and liked more. Again, you didn't get to, uh, to see a whole lot of, of in-depth into Luke Skywalker's story. You got, I mean, obviously you get a little more with the, with the newer movies and, and things along those lines. Luke's awesome. Mark Hamill is awesome. I mean, yes. he epitomizes... Both a, on and off-screen, Mark Hamill yes. is probably one of my favorite people in yeah. the world. So he's awesome. So that's who I have at 10. So I have number 9. I have Darth Maul. And I remember as a little kid going and seeing the Phantom Menace and actually seeing that the dual lightsaber, something that you've never seen before, and just like the look of him. And, and then and then you get into the Clone Wars and you get so much more information about him. You yeah. find out a lot of stuff about, about Darth Maul. So that's who I have at nine. Who do you have at nine? I have Clone Trooper 7567, also known as Captain Rex. Okay. From the Clone Wars, he is... I mean, he's the captain of the 501st. He's second command to Annie. He is in many ways different from all the other clones because he kind of is able to think for himself. He plays a huge role in Clone Wars. and Definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, and I mean, he's one of the few clones that, you know, I really liked throughout Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on to my number eight, and I think uh, you're going to like this one, is Mr. Plo Koon. Mm-hmm. He awesome. he was the one who founded Sakatano. He's a member of the High Council. He is known by many as probably the second best fighter pilot behind Annie. Mm-hmm. And you know he's just an overall awesome Jedi. Yeah, there's some thought process that uh, that his species he could one of those could be a, a Knights of Ren. Have you heard of, Have you heard of that? I haven't, so, but that sounds really cool. Yeah. But now that I'm looking, I'm looking at his picture right now, and the mask definitely. Looks like it could be part of the Knights of Ren mask. Right. So my number eight is Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, you, you get to meet him early on in the, the original trilogy. Then you get so much more from from Ewan McGregor playing him in the prequel trilogy. And then you get so much, so much from the character in Clone Wars as well. So I loved Obi-Wan. I thought that he was, uh, he had a good head on his shoulders he was good good reason good at reasoning and good at talking to the council and and, you know there were so many cultish like features in the jedi hello there yeah hello there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so many cultish like features in the jet with the jedi and i think he did a good job of kind of maintaining that and maintaining anakin uh anakin skywalker so that's who i have at number eight number seven i'm gonna move into yoda obviously yoda is was awesome in the in the in the original trilogy, but seeing him fight in yeah. in Clone Wars and in, in, in Revenge of the Sith and, and man, what a dope character! And so it's really cool to get to see a, see a new baby Yoda, <laughs> kind of growing up and how how their species ages so differently. My number seven now. I think this will come to a surprise to a lot of people. I think this person doesn't make a lot of people's top ten. Oh, it might, but is uh, Mr. Poe Dameron oh, from the really? uh, yeah from the new trilogy? He's okay. a great. He's great. Uh, for you know, just being a plot device. It's also you know why they don't. While it's not canon, and they hasn't been stated, 
it's good to see um, LGBTQ plus representation on screen, mm-hmm. and it is fairly obvious that he <laughs> was it fell within that. And it, you know, and even he, the actor himself, said that. He thought for sure that him and Finn were going to have a romantic relationship. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool, man. Like, that seems a lot more natural than the romantic relationship we got at the end of the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as far as for my, to get onto my list, you basically had to have a lightsaber. There was nobody really? on my list that didn't have one. Because, I mean, again, you can get guys that shoot things in literally every genre of movie. So, my number six is actually Ahsoka Tano, who you had as an honorable mention. Yeah. I loved Ahsoka. No, and she, I do too. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you don't, but yeah. I loved her a whole lot, obviously, to put her at my, my number six. So so Ahsoka is actually, and a lot of people probably won't know about this unless you got into the Clone Wars, but Ahsoka Tano was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. So you don't really get to see her in any of the original movies, which is really sad and very unfortunate, but she has such a cool story too, and, and yeah. the way she goes, and she ends up dual lightsabering, which is super cool to me. So yeah, yeah so I have Ahsoka Tano at six. So it's my number six. I've got one of the newest entrances into the canon, and that is, and I'm not going to drop his name, no spoilers, The Mandalorian mm-hmm. from the new Disney Plus series by John Favreau. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> The Viper. The Viper, yeah, yeah. The red, um, red Viper. Yeah. He decided uh, to wear a helmet a lot more. Yeah, uh, he, took, <laughs> he took Tyrion's advice and probably put a helmet on. You gotta, you gotta learn from your mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that seeing more into the Mandalorian culture, more than just a guy who can't hit anything and gets his head cut off real quick, and you know, it's great. It's, you know, he's not just overpowered. Everywhere he goes, he right. need, he needs help from people. He's he's learning as the show goes on. He's he's growing. I think that's why people enjoyed it so much. So many so many shows and, and movies, they have a guy and, and they get offered some help, and they oh no, I can do this on my own. The the willingness to accept help when Nick Nolte's character Queel comes and he offers him, he helps mm. him out, and he offers him, hey, you know, I've got job you can do you can work here on the ship with me you know it's so it's it's very refreshing to not see that that protagonist that won't accept help from yeah he's willing to seek out help too yeah exactly exactly so i that's a that's a great great choice but again he doesn't carry a lightsaber you don't make my top 10 (laughs) so moving on to my number five now and i'm really surprised it fell this far uh down for you is yoda he was instrumental in almost all the trilogies he is the greatest of the Jedi. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he trained Count Dooku. He was. Well, you saw how that ended up. Yeah, him. but I mean, he's. I mean, <laughs> he, and I loved in the Clone Wars his interaction with with young uh, Padawans with mm-hmm. Sakatano. He's understanding. Yes, he he definitely made some mistakes. His judgment was clouded. Yeah, to not see uh, Darth Sidious, but I think that that. All the Jedi's minds were clouded with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of one of And maybe if he wasn't 900 years old, if he was, you know, just a younger lad of 700, he might have been able to to get through that. (laughs) He would have had better senses. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so, I mean, he fell a little bit for me because of clouded, the clouded judgment and some of the decisions he made towards the end of the Clone Wars. But who I have sitting at number five is actually General Grievous. I love General Grievous. I think he's so awesome. I mean, Again, you have to have a lightsaber to get onto my list. Well, he he's has like six or seven, dude. <laughs> yeah. So like, he, I can't believe he only made it to five, honestly. Yeah. But, but General Grievous was so cool. The interactions and, and what you get from him during the Clone Wars is is great. He's a actually a, a cyborg. So he was an, he was formerly a human that was was wasn't a human. Apart. 
Well, not a human. He was a humanoid. Yes. Okay. Yeah, a humanoid character. Yeah. Um, so he, he gets rebuilt, and, and he keeps a, keeps the lightsaber from all the Jedis he kills. And so he has, like, six or seven lightsabers. Yeah, I like General Grievous. And, I mean, he unfortunately, he didn't make my list. But I do like General Grievous mainly for the fact that he has killed so many Jedi, because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Jedi fan. Yeah. <laughs> so the less Jedi, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, Jedi scum. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to my number four. And I guess this was your number nine, Darth Maul. And for the longest time, you know, and even now, I I almost wanted to put him at number one, but I'll explain later why he's not. But that is my, when it comes down to it, I think that's one of my favorite scenes of any Star Wars is the Duel of the Fates. Yeah. It was, I mean, you have Mr. John Williams' music. You've got the great dueling. He just plays that role so well. The real Star Wars MVP was just mentioned. John Williams. <laughs> yeah, honestly. With, I mean, could you imagine that saga without John Williams? It uh, would not have been what it is today. No, I don't have a great imagination, though, Bobby. <laughs> and I'm actually, uh, right before this is right before we leave for Columbus in about a month. I'm seeing Star Wars live at the Skirmahorn. It's Return of the oh, Jedi Return live. Oh, Jedi. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, saw and that. so I'm going. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I are going, and I'm super excited for that. It's going to be a fun. lot of fun. So I have at my number four spot Qui-Gon Jinn, and you get to see so little of him, but we kind of discussed it last week. Liam Neeson's awesome. I yeah. love Liam Neeson. I, I love the story that you hear about all the sets were – built up to the actor's heads and then the rest above it was all CGI. Well, because Liam Neeson was so tall, it cost an extra like 200 grand to have to build up the set to like match his height level. And so that was super cool to me. But again, you, I mean the fight with Darth Maul and the, the way that the way that he dies is very, uh, very sad. I mean, you know, you watch that movie as a little kid and that's, that's so sad to yeah. see. And you get a younger Obi-Wan fighting. So Qui-Gon Jinn is my four and, Moving in to my number three with somebody you mentioned a second ago, Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus, if um, if you want to go by his, his Sith name. I loved Count Dooku. I thought he was awesome. I I thought that he, he loved the curved lightsaber yeah. that he had. That was one of the coolest things you saw, and like his style was 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 great. Um, you know, we learned from Yoda, and he was you know we get to see him go and become a fall to the dark side again. I mean, he was, he was pretty rational about it as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, he gave the Jedi plenty of chances. He was probably more akin to a gray Jedi than he was ever a real Jedi. And what I got is that him turning to the dark side was less about wanting to be a Sith. And it was more, it was, it was political almost, you know, he truly believed in the separatist movement. Yeah. And the only way he could, you know, fight for the separatists really was, to take on a new master on the dark side. When he, I mean, he the way he viewed it, he was both sides were sending people to war, yeah. to die and fight and die. And, yeah. but, but the but the Jedi almost had this fake sense of we're doing the right thing, we're the peacekeepers. Yeah, but are you the peacekeepers? peacekeepers? Are you the peacekeepers? Yeah, and you know? that's a discussion we'll get in either part three or part four okay. about our true feelings about one side or the other, and we'll you know make you know debate that. But moving on to my number three. And honestly, this is more of like an honorary number three. I think that with obviously without this character, we wouldn't have the saga. That's Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you know he made some bad choices, but overall, first off, one of the best, some of the best acting. And but speaking of yes. the best acting is, you know, goes back to Count Dooku. Christopher yeah, Lee Christopher was had the best Sauron. acting of the entire saga. Sauron, man. 
Yeah, I, I can I can get on board with that. Uh, but that's just because certainly. of his credentials. I mean, when you look at I mean, when you look at the actors in the movies, I mean, Christopher Lee steals the show. Well, he you know he's uh, not only like a a badass actor, but he's like a regular badass. Like he was in like the war. Yeah, or like he's like front line type of dude. Like yeah. he was he was he he killed it. But yeah. So Luke Skywalker is my number three, and then uh, moving into my number two is probably. Probably the greatest villain to ever be on on screen, and that is an Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker. That's actually who I have sitting at my number two as well. So, oh uh, yeah, you know, when you think of bad guys in film, everyone does the. You know, it. He, I remember like. When, the other day on Twitter, someone said, "When you think of Star Wars, what scene do you imagine?" That, and I, I mean, remember it's number sound. one. Well, when I think of a scene, I think of you know you're coming onto the Va- ship. Yeah, I, on the New Hope. Yeah, Vader coming yeah. on New Hope, and um, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a spy. Take them away. That's one of those things that you watch Star Wars. You don't watch Star Wars. Everybody in the, on Earth has has sat into a fan and said, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I, that's why I have him at number three or number two as well. Honestly, we have Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. I honestly felt like we could have separated them into two separate characters. Yeah. I, I, you know, they are they are the same but different. But I have them I have them at number two and just being able to it's actually the the complete package because you get to see him on one side See his fall from grace and become the Darth Vader we know and love and love today. So, so that's who I have at number two as well. So I'm really intrigued to see who you have as your number one. I was I was certain that was going to be your number one. My number one is Mace Windu. I loved Mace Windu, the purple lightsaber. I mean, you can't argue you can't argue with his skill set, with his with his vapid fighting style. He, I mean, he beat Sidious, a, a guy that a guy that killed three Jedi pretty much right off the bat, and he actually beat him. And if it weren't for Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader, then he would have killed him. He would have killed yeah. him, and you know. and that's mainly because of the fighting styles. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and we'll, we can talk about that. We'll, at, we'll talk a about that a lot I th- later. Probably, uh, probably not. You know, make so it a- so my number one, and I'm so happy that he got made canon in in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. He was the founder of the Rule of Two, and that is Mr. Darth Bane. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh, actually, many people don't know uh, Jar Jar Binks is actually a Sith Master now. Um, <laughs> he was the But no, the so uh, I read the Darth Bane trilogy, and it was some of the best extended universe, and I was like, all right, cool. But then we decided this was going to be canon, and then I remembered, oh, wait. Technically, Darth Bane is canon from the Clone Wars. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> it's not something the Jedi would tell you. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but yeah, so he was the founder of Rule of Two. He had a lifelong goal of defeating the Jedi, which was finally brought to fruition through Darth Sidious. Well, the the Rule of Two was really just a working title. <laughs> I mean, they, there was always generally more than two. They so, yeah. So, yes. kept them. so originally, Darth Bane, um, and I only know this because I read the books, uh, he realized that there was so much infighting because at one point there was thousands of Siths yeah. and thousands of Jedi fighting against the war. Um, you know, an army of darkness versus an army of light. And they and they and both sides were just destroying the universe and the galaxy. 
So he realized that in order for the Sith to succeed, there had to be two. One to harness the power and one to crave it. And it's a really weird, like, power dynamic because the rule of two essentially says when you get strong enough you kill you gotta him. kill him yeah it's, like, <laughs> yeah it's like you're training the guy that's gonna murder you definitely go read the darth bane trilogy he is in my opinion the best oh, that the sith have i have some honorable mentions han obviously solo obviously but no saber <laughs> no saber so he couldn't make the list it was impossible uh chewy chewbacca obviously Solid. but no saber uh lando calrissian no saber, obviously. Honorable mention. Uh, but Savage, Opre- Savage Opress, too. Uh, Darth Maul's older brother. Yeah. That was awesome. And you don't get to see a lot of him. So yeah. And I liked, that, I liked that arc from the Clone Wars. I loved the Night Sister arc. Yeah. As a yeah. Whole. It was super cool. And Me too. Me too. I think that, you know, you know, spoiler alert for people who haven't watched the Clone Wars, uh, the new season's going to go, cra- I think, crazy because Darth Maul is, has nothing to lose. His brother's yeah. dead. The Night Sisters are dead. He has nothing to lose. He is about to go all out. Going to go boss to the wall. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So we have just kind of just finished up our our pop culture section. We're going to move into what are you binging? And that's going to be what we're binging drink-wise and what we're binging show-wise. So, Bobby, why don't you start us off this week? So this is a new release on Netflix that my wife and I actually watch. Um, It's the 2020 Netflix version of Dracula. Really good acting. It was a BBC show. Really entertaining, a new dynamic on the take of Dracula. Mm-hmm. When you watch it, it's a little bit confusing at times as far as the timeline goes. Uh, definitely go watch that. It, it's about three, about one and a half hour episodes, and we started at about 10 o'clock at night, and it was so good. We finished the entire series in one night. The thing is, Bobby, this section is called What Are You Binging, Not What Have You Binged. Yeah, well, <laughs> when we wrote this doc, I had finished it the night before, so uh, <laughs> that was actually the last thing I got to binge, because so, it's been a busy weekend. So what what were you drinking at 10.30 at night while you were watching this show? Uh, yeah, so I actually found this beer recently while I was on a cruise, um, and it's a Bellhaven Scottish Ale. It's a really smooth, dark ale. I guess it falls in the red ale category, but it's very tasty. Mm-hmm. And they actually ran out of it at, by the end of the cruise and wasn't happy with that. That was probably your fault, man. Yeah, did it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> she should have. You should have savored it a little more. Yeah. So what I've been binging is Luther, which is also a BBC show. Apparently, we just we're big on British TV shows these days, man. We, you know, I don't know why that is, but but Luther is, has Idris Elba, and he's essentially a, a police officer that deals with like serious and serial crimes, a, a police detective. And I mean, Idris Elba's awesome. You can't you can't can't go wrong with that guy. It's a lot like Dracula, where it's not a lot to 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 watch. Or, I mean, he's Black Superman. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's awesome. Apparently, I mean. Last week, my sh- my what are you binging show is The Wire. Apparently, I only pick shows with Idris Elba, so <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll have to do The Office next week. <laughs> uh, but what I am, what I've been drinking, I actually got this on Friday night after work. I got a, a local beer. Tennessee Brew Works have this beer called Hippies and Cowboys IPA, and it's awesome. It looks like a kind of like a mix on the on the front, like a mix between like a Willie Nelson and like a like a Vietnam War protester type of guy. It super good. If you like IPAs, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's not super heavy. It's very hoppy, so you would hate it, Bobby. Yeah. Maybe I'll order you one next time we go somewhere. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm binging. So now let's move in to fan favorite, our favorite, what snaps your stick, where we just get to complain what we do best. We should do a whole 
show on complaining. Man. Maybe we will do Patreon content where we just, just bitch about things all day. Uh, perfect. I would love that so much. <laughs> if you know anything about me, you know I love to bitch. Uh, so what snaps my stick is for my, we do a sports and a non-sports. My sports answer is just the absolute absurd ridiculousness of NFL challenges these days. They are so absurd. I was watching a game. There was a fumble on the play. And so Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers, challenges the call. And the, it was clear that the guy did fumble. But there was no recovery, no clear recovery. So they, they can't give the other team the ball. Of which I'm fine with. Okay, I understand that. There was no clear recovery. They shouldn't have blown it dead, but whatever. But he challenged the fumble and lost the challenge even though they said that the ball was fumbled. Why He was right. Why would he lose a challenge? And that's just one example of many. I mean, these guys... Ref, refing is going to be something that we can spend a whole segment on talking alone. Uh, talking we will. about alone, you know. So it, it, it's it's getting a little ridiculous. This this billion dollar league put a freaking chip in the ball. I don't understand how we have to spend 35 minutes watching replays and watching something happen over and over again. Do they not have like? A guy that's watching every play anyway, that may, that may, really frustrates me that we shouldn't be spending a long time. The guy that makes the wrong call shouldn't get to decide whether he was right or wrong, in my opinion. You yeah. know, it should be an independent guy. So so that's that's what's been snapping my stick sports-wise. What sports-wise has, has snapped your, has snapping your stick? So, man? as a Preds fan, as someone who's on Preds Facebook... This is something that comes up a lot. And so we need to settle this now. The person on the t- on the hockey team who has the C on their chest, it's not about who's the best player in most cases. Mm-hmm. It's not about who's the most vocal. It's not about who the fans like the most. Right. It's about who the players decide should be the leader of that team and who should be the one of the ones that be able to talk to the ref. Yeah, generally it's a vo- it's a vote. Yeah, right? it's not so like I don't care <laughs> if you know vote. just because Roman Yossi's out not out there hitting people over the side of the head because you know they were out of position doesn't mean he shouldn't have the C. Or Frankly, people's opinions on who should have the C doesn't matter because you're not in that locker room. Yeah, it's who you as a as a team want to follow. Yeah, you and know? you don't just strip that C halfway through a season because the team struggle. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's like the opposite of, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you want him out of there, you trade him or you fire him. You know, you fire yeah. the guy. Like, right at that point, he's your captain. So there's nothing worse than getting on to like, oh, Roman Yosey doesn't... Well, doesn't- I mean, he's been the captain for, what, three years now? Two years now, maybe? Uh, and so the guy that came in second in that vote was Ryan Ellis. And I mean, Ryan Ellis was a good player. And he's got and that he's, A on his chest. Well, but I'm saying Ryan Ellis is a good player. But he was not anywhere. He wasn't playing hockey like he's playing now. You no. know what I'm saying? Like he, Ryan Ellis is killing it. But again, it goes to, it goes to who these guys in the locker room want to follow. Yeah, it's it, not like Lavi just picked Roman Yossi. Yeah. You know. So I completely, I can. I'm, I'm yeah, it, it infuriates me when I see people saying, "Oh, why is why is he the captain? He shouldn't be the captain." Well, dude, it doesn't matter what you think. They, they the team voted him for a reason. Okay, so now this is something that I think this snaps everybody's stick. I've never met anybody that was like super okay with this. So I think I'm going to really pull in a lot of support on this one. The automatic putting of the U2 album on my iPhone absolutely wears me out. I get into a car now. I get into my car now. My Bluetooth hooks up, and I'm having to listen to a U2 album, and not even one of their like Sunday, good popular ones. Yeah. Sunday, yeah, like it's not even <laughs> some of their popular songs. So, 
you know, other people that like you too. And that's fine. I'm okay with people enjoy, you know, enjoy what you want to enjoy. I, that's one of my big things. Like, you know, let people enjoy things. But don't force me to like you too. I don't care <laughs> how much Bono paid you to put that on the iPhone. I, I'm just not a fan. So I really, it really frustrates me that I, and I don't think you can delete it either. I mean, not that I've really looked too hard into it. It doesn't. It's not worth, you know, a lot of my time, but I, I do want to complain about it, though. So, this is one thing that, I mean, this is a well-known complaint that a lot of people have, and that's when you're driving and people are blocking the box in an intersection. And just as bad as the people who block the box in an intersection making everyone's life harder is the people behind me honking at me for because I'm not blocking the box. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Whether it's a left on green thing and there's oncoming traffic and they want me to just pull up in the middle to be able to go right away. No, dude, because that's not how this works. That's, that's not the law. That's not what you're supposed to do. You well, stay- not only that, but like that actually slows down all of traffic. It yeah. doesn't speed it up. It just slows it down. Yeah. Block, or block. when there's a green light, but if I were to go forward through the green light, I'm going to be stuck in the box. No. Right. You, you can only go through an intersection of the green light, obviously, if there's room for you to go through the other side. Well, and I have a I have a really terrible horn, so it sucks now. <laughs> it's really it's not a lot. So now I'm trying to you know honk and yell at people, and it's it's very not intimidating, man. It's it's super sad that I that I don't have a big horn anymore. So yeah, man, that's a that's absolutely the absolutely the case. You think that you're helping and getting somewhere faster when realistically you're not. You're not getting anywhere faster. So I think that about wraps up what we have. All right, so uh, do you have any shout-outs today? Yeah, actually, we have uh, some some friends that run do a podcast called Highland Sports it's, that's here based here in Nashville, and they gave us a shout-out on their podcast the other day. I feel like it's only fair that we give them a shout-out on, on our podcast. You can find them on, on Apple, Google Play, anywhere where you can find podcasts. It's just Highland Sports. Uh, they're they're awesome. They're more general sports based. They they don't they don't hit on a lot. They're kind of like us. We're more hockey based, but than, than they are specifically. But they'll talk about a lot of stuff. And so so Willie Swamp Russ, appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, thank so you. Go, yeah, go go listen to Highland Sports. What uh, before we sign off? What did you learn today? Man, I actually learned that you like Brad Marchand, which is, <laughs> oh man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many podcasts will get past number two guys after, lear- after learning that little tidbit. So fun story. <laughs> uh, so fun fact, uh, I decided to get on face, uh, Pred's Facebook and troll some people and asked if anybody, you? and, no. and, and uh, asked if uh, anybody knew where I could get uh, a split Jersey made between a, P.K. Subban and a Brad Marchand jersey put into one jersey, oh. and that just lit the place up, and it was hysterical. They, they, were, not, they were not happy about that, man. They were they were probably all. I mean, they always probably type type in all caps, but they're definitely all caps. Yeah. <laughs> um, What'd you learn today, man? I learned that gritty is is alive and he's, he's its own a, entity. He's just a real guy. Like, yeah. This is an they alien. made him in a lab. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this guy's get. I mean, Gritty's getting investigated. All the stuff that they're talking about is specifically Gritty. So, well, uh, it's sun off here, man. Uh, Let's get out. All right. So, for Brandon Bond, this is Bobby Butler. This has been episode two of the Pucks Out Podcast, part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. Have a great day, everyone. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Pucks Out Podcast. To see what other ridiculousness the guys are up to, check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Pucks Out Pod.